It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, Smitty. So it was a weird day yesterday on that public health order yeah. that was set to expire, shutting down gyms and fitness centers. And a lot of them were holding out hope that maybe they could reopen today. And then yesterday, the province kind of quietly amends it and ex- takes out the expiry date. Yeah, well, right? without telling anybody. I mean, it was it was a botched communications exercise. It should have, I think, at least been a news release or some sort of... Uh, communication rather than just you know, stumbling upon this on, on the website. It was posted on the Center for Disease Control website under public health orders. Very few people check that. Yeah. Uh, Richard Zussman checked it and he discovered that the expiry date had uh, ended in, in yesterday afternoon. Um, but the, so now there's no expiry date on it. So does no that mean that these places are shut down shut indefinitely? Down mor- they're shut down this morning, but now we're yeah. waiting for the one thirty update from Dr. Henry Minister Dix. And who knows? I mean, they may be allowed to reopen. I mean, some gym owners think that they their their way is paid for them to reopen. Uh, there has been behind the scenes discussions between public health and the representatives of that particular industry of how to safely uh, open your business. And Dr. Henry has talked about uh, businesses of all sorts now required to have. Uh, new safety plans in place. So if gyms can come up with a safety plan that meets the requirements that public health is looking for, it's certainly not out of the question that they could reopen. On the other hand, you frame that against the fact that uh, yesterday 816 people in hospital, uh, which was an increase of, you know, there are 418 hospitalizations over the weekend, um, but a lot of wow. people came out. Yeah. The positivity rate has gone down, which is great news. It was just a little over 25% seven-day average. Now I think it's around 22% and about 17% in Vancouver Coastal. So that's that's all good news. The ICU numbers are, are stable. They're not going up. That's good news. Hospitalizations, though, are skyrocketing. That's bad news. You frame all that against whether gyms should open or not, and it's uh, still a bit of a mystery. Yeah, so it, it really sets up uh, an intriguing announcement here at one thirty with Bonnie Henry, because yesterday when this news broke that the expiry date had been deleted from that health order, I think a lot of people interpreted that as well. She's everything's going to stay shut down. She's not going to allow not, these gyms ne- gyms to reopen. But you know, some hope that maybe she will. Not necessarily. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, the explanation we got from Adrian Dix on Twitter was basically, I think, uh, to prevent openings this morning until the order was was uh, clarified this afternoon. So, no expiry date. So the order just remains in effect today. But well, again. Uh, on the one hand, you can argue this both ways. On the one hand, you think, oh, my God, so, you know, hospitalizations are skyrocketing. 22 people died over the last three days. Why should gyms open? On the other hand, gyms are making the argument, uh, which Bonnie Henry's agreed with in the, in the past, that it's a big mental health component for people that to, to be able to access fitness centers and gyms. And mental health has been a top priority of Dr. Henry since day one. And I think uh, she herself says she works out in a gym when, when they're allowed to be, to open. So... Again, a bit of a mystery what's going to happen this afternoon. Okay, we talked about this earlier on the show. I spoke to Sarah Hodson. She's the president of the Fitness Industry Council of Canada. So this is the main lobby group for the industry. They've been working behind the scenes with Bonnie Henry trying to convince her, look, let us reopen. We can do it safely. And here's what she had to say to me earlier today on the show, and then I'll get your thoughts. We believe that we have put a really strong case um, in front of public health. We have had collaborative discussions Um, over the last several weeks and more intensely in the last several days. And I believe we've put everything on the table. I am confident in our industry. I am confident that we can keep British Columbians safe. And I know 
that the public is asking and ready to get oh. back to their gyms. Okay, so there's obviously been a lot of discussion on this behind the scenes well, with I, the industry. It's not just BC, remember. Ontario's closed gyms as well. So, no. and I think Quebec is as as well. So this is not a, a simply a BC situation. Gyms are closed in all sorts of jurisdictions because that's where transmissions have occurred at a higher level than other sectors. But it's interesting, her comments, the last few days, more intense discussions. Um, there's discussions going on. I think the discussions are aimed at opening rather than closing. Yeah. And we'll see yeah. if they can open safely. Okay, one thirty this afternoon. That will be a big announcement here this afternoon. Okay, another interesting one, uh, another public health order. Uh, the province ordering school districts to begin collecting vaccine status uh, yeah. data on their staff. So they're required now to ask teachers, support workers, are you vaccinated or not? And keep a record of that. Now here, that's kind of was a bit of a surprise yesterday. And a lot of oh, people are sure. scratching their heads. Why, yeah. why are they doing this now? Why is the province ordering uh, this information to be collected? Here's Terry Mooring, the president of the teachers union. Right now it's confusing um, because we don't know the implications of it. Um, and we just would have preferred to see a provincial health order that enabled medical health officers to impose vaccine mandates in regions of the province where, where they deem necessary. It's kind of interesting as the president of the union, you know, at first there was some hesitancy around a vaccine mandate. Then she started saying like, look, just bring it on, mm-hmm. you know, bring on the vaccine, man, go ahead and require teachers to be vaccinated. We'll work with you on that. The government hasn't gone there. Now we see individual school districts, at least, well, there's one anyway, Delta. In, in Delta has brought in a, a, a kind of yeah, a vaccine so, mandate. So this, this order, again, came out of left field yesterday. Yeah. No announcement, no uh, no heads up, as Terry Maureen says. Usually these things are done in consultation. I inquired from the health ministry yesterday, what, where, where is this coming from? And they said the school districts had requested this to government. They wanted the ability to uh, accumulate this information. As you mentioned, Delta was the first one to go out, but they're not alone. Other districts apparently want access to this type of information. It's not a mandate. It's just simply a disclosure requirement of whether you're vaccinated or not. If you don't disclose, you're deemed to be unvaccinated, but it's unclear what the implications of that would be for employment. Oh, okay. So they're saying we want you to collect this information. What if a teacher says, well, I'm not going to tell you whether I'm vaccinated or not. Does anything happen to that teacher now? We don't know. We don't know, but I think their vaccination status is deemed to be not vaccinated. Yeah. Do you think that they will, is, is this an indication that maybe they're leaning towards some kind of a province-wide vaccine mandate for teachers? Well, it seems like it's uh, one of these half measures. It's, it yeah. stops short of a vaccine mandate, but it does open the door to collecting information on vaccination uh, status. And so it sort of goes halfway, uh, and if that's going to replace mandates i guess that's what it is okay let's talk about the political contest that has everyone in british columbia on the edge of their seats and i'm talking about the bc liberal party leadership so oh. tonight <laughs> oh, is that going on <laughs> yeah it's still going when, on when did that happen okay uh well as as von palmer our friend said the other day uh there's been there's been no attention given to this leadership race except recently for all the wrong reasons yeah, because there's been allegations problems. of fraud in the membership well, there's going to be a riveting televised debate tonight on televised on Global's BC One. Our colleague Richard Zussman is a moderator uh, with the candidates. Uh, it's virtual; They're not going to be in the same room, of course. So it's a virtual debate, but uh, I think it's 90 minutes. And then Jazz Joe Hall and I will be on afterwards with some critical analysis of this riveting situation. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm actually going to be interested to see what happens here. And now tonight. I, think, I believe there are seven candidates running for this job, 
And I think it's going to be a, 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 dog, gang up, a, gang a six up on, on one dog pile yeah, here Falcon. against Falcon. So Kevin Falcon, the former liberal finance minister, widely considered to be the front runner for this job. His campaign has been openly saying we did sign up the most members, new members. This is a universal ballot process. Remember, you got to sign up tons of members, get them to vote for you for a leader. And they've been saying we signed up the most. I believe him too. I, I think he yeah, probably I think has Fal signed up. Falcon's the most. clearly the guy to beat. He's got yeah. the highest profile, the most experience. Uh, he seems to have the best team around him. Uh, a lot of uh, seasoned pros in his campaign. Uh, so he's the guy to beat. I agree. It's going to be a six-on-one uh, dog pile. Yeah, they'll go after him. And do you think they'll start accusing him of like fraud in the membership signups? I think it got to be a little risky of that. It's yeah. uh, you know, careful. You're you're all playing on the same team. Uh, yeah. If you start throwing allegations like that around, they can reverberate to go back on uh, with some unintended consequences. But it's uh, you know, maybe they think they've got nothing to lose at this point. Okay, what time is that debate tonight? Seven o'clock, eight thirty. Seven o'clock on BC One tonight. Liberal Party leadership race debate. Okay, take a break. Come back. Open the phone lines. Uh, this is going to be interesting what happens this afternoon now at 30. Will Dr. Bonnie Henry reopen those gyms and fitness centers in British Columbia now? Maybe she will. My understanding is there's going to be some tinkering. Tinkering. Uh, tinkering to the orders. All right, welcome back to the show. Baldry's Beat. Phone lines are open 604-280-9898. Star 9898 on your cell. Dr. Richard Hooper calling from Kelowna. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Go ahead. Well, I'm concerned. I think that we need clarity, and I hope this afternoon provides that clarity, because gyms and other facilities need to know with predictability and certainty what's going to happen. I learned on the weekend that here in Kelowna, the four civic centers, uh, three in Kelowna, one in West Kelowna, closed their gyms, but their pools are still open, and those pools include hot tubs and steam uh, baths. Now, can you imagine if you do an experiment in medicine to study the transmission of viruses, you put people, strangers, in a closed space like a steam bath, and you let them breathe each other's air. And that's mm -hmm. how you test transmission. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a more dangerous situation, but I raised that question to the city yesterday and was told, well, technically, it's not included in the list of things you can't do. Good God. We don't need to look at every nitpicking detail to see if we can be excluded, but we have to gather the spirit that poor Dr. Henry's been trying to do and get in and commit ourselves to participate. There's no social distancing. There's no masking. There's no public health measures in a steam bath. Can you yeah. believe it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank uh, you for the call. Great points. Yeah, no, this, uh, these rules are interpreted differently, it seems, in different jurisdictions. Some have want to see... How can I open things? Others are saying, okay, how can I, should I close things? And Dr. Reese is a very good point. I mean, in just intuitively, it, you would think steam bath, come on. I mean, that's, <laughs> steam um, bath. Yeah. Why is that? Well, why is that open and yeah. a gym's closed? So again, but people also ask the question, how come, you know, how can there be 9,000 people at a Canucks game? And or how about going to Costco and battling the crowds? Yeah, there. so it's it's um, there. There is the science involved here, but it can be baffling sometimes for for uh, different situations. Yeah, Scott on the line in Port Moody. Hi, Scott. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, just to quickly uh, echo a, a second to the previous caller in Coquitlam in the month of December, you could walk into the public pool with no vax passport check whatsoever and mingle in warm, moist air with all sorts of other people that have asked on. But mm -hmm. the problem that keeps getting forgotten is we have an entire industry that's been locked down for the entire pandemic, and that's the entertainment industry. 
I'm a disc jockey, and I've lost all my money. Um, uh, I still have to pay for things. Uh, my income is down less than 50%. Uh, we've written yeah. over 10,000 emails to our MLAs, and not a single response to any of us. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So I, I feel the pain of the gyms, but uh, at least they got to open for a little bit. Yeah. Okay, thanks for the call. Yeah, well, no question. The entertainment industry's just been hit the hardest uh, throughout this. They've, you know, they've been shuttered for so long. You still, you know, dancing's not allowed. Uh, uh, indoor uh, weddings are shut down, right? I believe there's there's capacity limits on yeah. them. There's okay. uh, again that's been going up and down. But it, it, the entertainment industry, the nightclubs and dancing, and concerts have the have probably paid the highest price than any yeah. any other sector. Carrie calling from Surrey. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm just calling. I'm sorry to be another third one complaining about the guidelines, but I'm actually calling on behalf of childcare operators because the current guidelines that are in place do not make sense. They're mm-hmm. way too open for t- interpretation. They do not protect our littlest ones who are the last group that uh, can't get vaccinated. And I would like more journalists someone to start advocating for us because we are literally drowning in COVID cases and we don't really have much. The current guidelines aren't sustainable. What, what do you think should be the guideline for child care? So right now, for um, workers in childcare, I'd like to see masks to be mandatory. They're not mandatory. Um, it's based on whichever childcare you get. There's uh, no vaccine mandate for employees that work with uh, childcares. Um, I just and right now the guidances are things like, well, please ask your parents to get their kids vaccinated. Well, if they're five and up. Um, we d- we've never operated this way. It's it's all safety prevention, um, and and we just don't seem to have prevention strategies. It's relying on cleaning up and not actually um, protecting the kids we care for. Thank you for the call. Yeah, well, we get a lot of emails on this one. I'll tell you, and it's also from parents who are required to uh, isolate their kids for ten days, and instead of taking them to to the daycare center. So, the daycare, a lot of daycare centers are interpreting this: you can't bring your kid to daycare for ten days after uh, you have some symptoms of COVID nineteen, and that's putting tremendous stress on parents. So, that's another issue. That's going to come up today with Dr. Henry for looking for more guidance from the Center for Disease Control because parents seem to be, and daycare operators seem to be getting a mixed message. Rob in Vancouver. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Um, so I wanted to point out if uh, or ask if you guys have noticed the NCAA is now accepting antibodies, and I kind of want to know when experts here would be doing the same and sort of drop the forced narrative around vaccines being the only answer you mean you mean ncaa sports in the united states is that what you're talking about so so you're saying that what if if you show proof of a prior infection of covid you don't have to you don't have to get vaccinated antibodies for immunization and not just a vaccine idea okay well, I've, no, I, the vaccine requirement is going to still be the standard in Canada and most countries around the world. The NCAA, hardly the litmus test for public health. 